Welcome, Bethel family. I just can't wait to get into the Word of God with you. I want to welcome all of you under the sound of my voice, those that are difference makers of this house and those that are guests today. Before this day's over, you won't be a guest any longer. I'm going to preach to you today something that's just really on my heart in such an amazing way, a big way, and that is making a difference during difficult times. Making a difference during difficult times. I find that whenever tough times hit, trials hit, perilous times, some people are calling it hit, or even a plague, that's the time to understand why we exist. And we're going to talk about that today and how to release our identity in Christ to not only be transformed, but to transform others around us. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice today. You are such a sweet, sweet father. You are a good, good father. You love us just as we are, not as we think we should be or anyone else thinks we should be. You gave your only begotten son that he could die for us and pay the price for our sin, our sickness, and our poverty. And Lord, you rose him from the dead. And that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit you gave us as born-again believers. We thank you for you, not just your attributes or your gifts or your provision, but Daddy, we just thank you that for you who loves us as your own children, not as orphans, not as friends, and not as slaves, but as sons and daughters. Let us honor you while we take every breath on this earth. Let us honor you in every step that we take. Let us honor you with any plans that come from our heart or purpose that comes from our dreams, let it all be glory to you. And we give you all honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Well, you know, it doesn't really bother me to look out here and preach to empty seats because I know I got a lot of people with full hearts hearing me through social media and other means today. And I know that God has called you and I for such a time as this. I want you to look at someone sitting around you and say, you were made for this. Go on, just point at them and say, you were made for this. Made for what? You were made for tough times. You were made for difficult times. God created you in his image and his likeness to do what? To make a difference in difficult times. You know, that's where our four B's mission came from. That's why we live the four B's missions. That's why we exist. We exist to belong, to be loved as we are. We exist to believe in Jesus and his word. We exist to become a, tra a fully transformed follower of Christ, his true disciples. And we exist to build his kingdom, to make a difference, to make a difference wherever you are to make a difference at home, to make a difference at work or in your place of education, in your neighborhood, in the grocery store, wherever you find yourself, make a difference. Just like David and our men's group, how they're making a difference. It just blows me away with their compassion and their hunger for God to consistently meet every week and to build one another up. They're also involved in other ministries here at the church, so it's not like that's the only thing they do. <clears throat> Even one time in a downpour, they went out ministering and helping the homeless. They go out so many times and just reach and touch and love people right where they are. I can only imagine, I know as we used to do it a lot here at the church, I'm so glad the men are doing it now to go touch the homeless in our city. I think of Miss Kathy's ministry, the food ministry. My goodness, last week we broke all of our records and we ministered to 96 families. 96 families. This week we broke it again and there was 106 cars lined up around the building as our team carried food, groceries, and boxes out to them. That's the kind of church you belong to. That's the kind of place you are a part of. You know what you are? You are a place, you are in a place made up of difference makers. And if you're part of this family, you're a difference maker. I just had a great call last night, and I won't get into it with a Zoom call with all of our people on our edge calls and a lot of our leaders. And, and I was just so, they, I was going to encourage them, but they encouraged Pastor Steph and I and our leadership team. Why? Because they're difference makers. And so are you. And if you're not a difference maker, we're going to encourage you on how you can do that today, how you can become 
a true difference maker. How does that happen? It all begins through revelation, the revealed word of God, the uncovering of his truth, the revealed word of God, of his person, personality, and purpose, the logos, the sum total of God, right? The rhema, the promises of God. We don't just come to receive God's attributes. We seek his person and his personhood, and that's where we get this truth that we all know today. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. Where does that come from? Where does that truth come from? It comes through revelation, the revealed word of God, the revealed plan and pursuit and purpose and passion of a loving heavenly father. So wherever we're at and whatever revelation we receive, that poises us, that positions us in our life at a certain level. And we've been talking about it around here for a while. This is Bethel 2.0. This year, 2020, nothing less than what? Yeah, that's right, nothing less than double. A year of quantum leaps, supernatural advancement. We had one young lady who, if I said her name, everyone would know her, who's involved in our edge calls, leadership, serving in ministry teams, multiple areas, worships and praise God, every service. And she had, she's a server in our city, and the restaurant shut down, and she's concerned about things. But somehow, someway, God got into her mailbox, her P.O. box, double what she would make in one month for her income. Now, she's no more special than you or me. She's just one of God's daughters, just like you and I. And we're all the same in daddy's eye. But here's the key. She's a difference maker. I believe and firmly believe when we are the difference makers God called us to be, when we rise up with his dream, his plan, his purpose, he will always find a way to enable you to empower you to make a difference during difficult times. This is not a time to crawl behind the sofa. This is not a time to hide out in your bedroom and be depressed and sit on your sofa and eat Cheetos and gain a bunch of weight. This is a time to seek God. This is a time to step into your destiny. This is a time where you had advanced, not just advanced, but you advanced through a supernatural power in you greater than you could ever be on your own. Even the world tells us and secular learning tells us that during difficult times is when most millionaires and now billionaires are made. They become innovative. They come up with an ideal. Maybe they had to change something or drop something and they were in fear, but they were bold enough to take the step and they created something, a new business paradigm, a a new tool or something. And all of a sudden, now for generations later, they're the wealthiest people on the planet. I want you to realize if you think that's something being wealthy in a financial means, you and I are wealthy with greater than that. We are wealthy in eternal things. But that doesn't mean God doesn't want you blessed right now. That doesn't mean God wants you crawling around and nervous and worrying and in fear about can you pay your car payment or your mortgage on your home or your rent or worried about, you know, feeding your children. God has marked us and called us to rise up and to seek him and he will move on our behalf because the reason we exist is to be his difference makers on this planet. The scripture we gave you for the beginning of this year, Ephesians 3, 20 through 21, pretty well sums it up. It says, now to him who is able. Is anyone out there able? If you're able, just type, I'm able. To him who is able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all. All, how much is all? It's all. That we ask or think. Hmm. A true difference maker asks before they think. Oh, now look, I'm going to mess you up here. When you're in these difficult times, all you're doing is thinking. If you're worried, you're thinking too much. If you're in fear, you're overthinking the situation. You've got to ask before you think. You've got to seek before you find. You've got to knock before the doors open. Difference makers rise up in difficult times through the challenges of life, not just for ourselves, but for others. You know, I'm a whole lot more brave when I'm protecting someone else than I am for myself. 
If I'm protecting my wife, my children, or, or even a stranger, if I, if I got to stand it, I'll, I'll be braver for them than I will my own life. You know why? That's the way God made us. God made us that we're not just focused and centered on ourselves, but we're focused and centered on him and others, just like a cross. So we, as difference makers, are what are we supposed to do? If we're going to make a difference in difficult times, don't sit around and think about it. Ask first. Ask and let him speak into your heart so you can transform and renew your mind into his good, acceptable, and perfect will. Ask, above all, we ask or think what? According to the power, dunamis power, like a dynamo and like dynamite, that what works in the preacher that works in the, you know, the elders, the evangelist, the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the pastor, that works in grandma or grandpa. Well, it can work in all those, but what you gotta realize is his power is working in you. The Greek word for it is ergon. He is inwardly working and moving in you as I speak to you now if you are born again. His power working in us to do what? Verse 21 says, to him, to the Father, to him be glory. Where? In the church. Now, a lot of people think that's the church property or the church building or the church organization. No, in the church, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the earthen vessel that he puts his treasure in. You are his son. You are his daughter. You are his family. You are his difference makers. You are my friend, are the church. And the same power working in you is the same power working in the church. And when we start working together, no devil from hell, in hell, around hell, or by hell can stop what God has started. The question is, has God begun any good work in you? Ooh, that's a deep question. If I'm going to be a difference maker, during difficult times, there needs to be a work, a good work going on inside of me. Not a work of fear and worry and anxiety. And you say, but pastor, you don't understand. Do you hear, do you see? The difference is not what we hear and see. The difference is the effect it has on us. When he's working in you, you can't help but rise up. Man, when I see that stuff, I, I get angry. I get upset. I'm saying, enough of that, devil. You're not taking one more life. Enough of that, Satan. You're not breaking up one more home. Enough of that, Satan, that you my adversary. That's right. You're the adversary. You came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give life and to give life more abundantly. And he's working not on me, church. He's working in me. See, the problem with the church, the revelation it's had for so many generations is the Lord is working on me. Honey, he's not working on you. God uses people under construction. There's no perfect structure, no perfect building, no perfect building or organization or church or business or family for that matter. Everything is under construction. And God uses difference makers because they acknowledge that they are not perfect, but they're perfect in Christ through the hope of his glory, his shining, his manifested presence. And what? We are difference makers that do what? Make a difference wherever we are because he's working in us, not on us. And when you allow him to work in you, then he's going to work through you. That's why through is so important. So to him be glory in the church, you and I, by Christ Jesus to what? All generations, not just the apostles of old or the founding apostles. No, to all generations. How long? Forever and ever so be it. Who's working in you? Jesus who released the paracletos, the Holy Spirit, the one who called alongside you. Who's he doing it through? You and I, difference makers. He's just looking for someone naive enough, silly enough, crazy enough, bold enough, or maybe scared enough to step forward and make a difference. You see, fear is not a bad thing. The question is, what does fear drive you to do? 
If fear drives you to holiness, that's okay. If fear drives you to protect and take care of yourself and others, that's okay. But if fear causes you to separate from God, if fear causes you to hunker down and not even take care of yourself, let alone others, if fear causes you to allow the difficulties of the times to determine your joy, then that's not right. Difference makers take fear and turn it against our adversaries. You think that the great heroes of old were not, didn't have fear? You, you think Moses didn't deal with fear? You think Elijah and Elisha didn't deal with fear or Peter or Paul or John didn't deal with, of course they dealt with fear. The question is, how did it impact them and what difference did it make when they turned it back on their adversary? Now you, you, you just need to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You, you can get pushed around, knocked around, stepped on if you want, but I've drawn a line in the sand and I say enough is enough. Kind of like the little dude with the pea patch, Shammah. He looked at all the armies in front of him and said, hey, not my pea patch. Not, he drew a line. No, 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 not this pea patch. And, and, and all of a sudden they got afraid and rode away and he didn't realize that the spirit of God, that big angel of God was standing behind him. I want you to realize you got angels all around you. Hebrews said that we have ministering spirits, angels, it's ministering spirits, ministering on our behalf, you have authority. You have a creative power. You have an anointing to break every yoke of the enemy that he throws at you. But you gotta ask before you think. <laughs> Man, that stinking thinking will kill you. Stinking thinking produces death, disease. It produces the swamp experience versus the river of life experience. Well, let me get on to where I wanna go today. You and I have a very loaded heavenly inheritance on earth now, but here's the key. We need them to operate now in our life, this great inheritance we have, so we can be the difference makers God called us to be. Remember Ephesians 1, 3, what it says? Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has, past tense, who has done what? Blessed, past tense, not now. It, you already blessed. Who has blessed us, what, with every spiritual blessing. Spiritual blessing of healing, of provision, of peace, of faith, of joy, of love, of hope. Every spiritual blessing we've already inherited and been blessed with God. What? Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. In the Christ. Christ means the anointed one. Christ, Christos, means anointed one. But when it's the, with the article of the capitalized, it means the anointed one. We're all the little anointed ones that are his little brothers and sisters. But boy, whenever you begin to step in those heavenly places, that's why you ask before you think. You need to get the right weapon. You need to get the right word. You need, you need to get the right mindset. You need to get the right direction. You need to get the right energy and anointing and power going through your life before you start thinking, because thinking will kill you. <laughs> Second Peter 1.3 says, as his divine theos power, God Power, Godhead power, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, as his divine power has given to us. Who's that? Difference makers. People who's gonna use what he gave you. To us, all things that pertain to life and godliness. If your life is dying, if your light is growing dim, you need to ask. If your body's sick and frail, you need to ask. If you're ready to go bankrupt, you're ready to go under, you need to ask. If you're walking around in fear and you don't know what to do or how to protect those you love, you need to ask. What? The reason you ask is because everything that pertains of life and God in us through the knowledge of him who are called by his glory and virtue. Remember virtue? That's what came out of Jesus, due to his power, Whenever the little lady with the issue of blood that spent all of her money and done all she could do, whenever she was dying in her last day, she fought through the crowd and pressed one more time and touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus said, who touched me? And his disciples said, 
Master, master, there's thousands of people thronging and pushing and pressing. How do we know who touched you? And he stopped and he looked and he saw her. And she confessed it was her. And she told him her story of the issue of blood that she had had, I think, I forget how many years. And had spent all she had. But instantly, virtue came out of him and she was made whole. Because when he said, who has touched me? They said, how do we know, master? So many people, crowds are pressing against us. He said, I know because virtue came out of me. Friend, all you need is a touch from the hem of his garment. You can watch the news. You can do all that stuff until it affects what you're saying. When it starts to affect what you're saying, you better shut it off. When it begins to to cause you to say things opposite of what God said about you, you need to turn it off. You're not ready. You can't handle it. You're better off not to know anything than to only know the negative that can destroy you. Now, I watch the news, but there's times I have to shut it off because I start speaking and thinking of things that that's, that's not going to take me where I need to go. I can't help who I need to help. And I have to go into prayer and I have to get that stuff off of me. See, a lot of that, the way you get that thinking off of you, you got to go to prayer. You got to say something. You got to seek him and say something and speak it over your life. You see, God has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Listen now especially in difficult times. Wow. I believe Bethel, our Bethel family, we will be stronger and more blessed and more empowered and enabled to help our community and even our region and our world as we're coming through this epidemic. We have already grown closer in unity as a church. Yeah, sure, we have financial challenges, but so does everyone. But I know this, we win. We're not going to sit here and worry about it. We're going to keep serving. We just keep upping ministry and ministering instead of the 50 to 70, instead of 70 to 100, instead of 100 to 106 families we'll feed them. Where it comes from? Faith. It's not in the bank account. Where does the electric bill come from? Just like your house, faith. Where does the mortgage payment come? Just like your house, faith. It comes from difference makers, that believe in together, we're greater together than we are alone. Because God multiplies his power, his anointing, his provision in the midst of those that come into his presence together. He said, don't don't fail to gather together because I'll be in the midst of you. Maybe the reason you feel lonely and isolated, even though you can't get out of your house You haven't been tied into the daily messages we're giving you on social media. You haven't been taking communion with us. You haven't been part of the leadership and listening to the encouraging words we've been sharing. You haven't been listening to stories, the testimony. You've been looking at all the problems and the woes in the world, and it's got you thinking. God needs you speaking, not thinking, because it took words to create the world, is what Hebrews 11.3 says, when God spoke spoke, creative force began to operate. You are a creator, remember? Not an imitator. Psalm 34, I love this. God has ordained you and I to be be difference makers. How do I know? Psalm 34, 10, look at this. I love this scripture. It says, the young lions lack and suffer hunger. The young lions lack and suffer. Well, who's Jesus referred to? The lion of Judah. That would make young believers young lions, wouldn't it? And a lot of old believers live like young lions, but that's another story. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. You're getting some things, but I want to ask you, are they good things? (laughs) Good things. That's what I want. I don't want to be just a young lion running around trying to get stuff. I want to get the good things that the Lord has for me. You see, when you're going to experience good things in difficult times as a difference maker, Paul gives you a clue of what you got to do in 1 Timothy 6.12. He said this, fight what the good fight of faith. 
A lot of people, when they're fighting a faith, they're in a faith battle. They're angry, frustrated, tired. and work. No, no, no. Paul said, man, when you're in a faith fight, it's a good fight. That's the only fight that is a good fight. Because you win a faith fight, all you got to do is believe. All you got to do is hope, have confident expectation in the things you're asking for and the things you're believing for. Now faith is what? The substance of the things hoped for, the substance of the things confidently expected. The evidence, the confirmed conviction, the title deed, guaranteed of things not seen. You can't outgive God. You can't outserve God. You can't outlove God. He's already done it. Now he wants to impart to you his revelation so that you can take the steps to do his will in the earth. How do you do it? Fight the good, fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life. He's not talking about lay hold of eternal life so you can get to heaven. If you're blood-bought, you're going to heaven. He said when you take your last breath, absent from your body, you'll be present with the Lord. When he's talking about lay hold on your eternal salvation, he's saying take that Ephesians 1, 3, those inheritance, those things you have inherited in Christ in heavenly places, lay hold on them and bring them into your now. Anybody believe that there's any limbs, legs, arms, eyes, organs in heaven if you need one? Is there any sickness or disease in heaven? No. There's eternal life, there's healing, there's provision. He said, lay hold on the eternal salvation, the eternal promises, the eternal inheritance that you already have with you in Christ, and he's in you the hope of glory, and bring it into your now. That's why faith is not past tense or future tense. It's now. It's what you do with it now. I love this, too. So, so well, it says, go on. So, lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have... Confess the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Well, a good test, a good test, if you've been laying hold of all those eternal inheritances and promises God has for you, what's your confession? If, if people wrote down the last two sentences you ever spoke in your life, would it give glory to God? Or would it be speaking what you think, fear and worry? You see, I can't help someone else, I help myself, friend. I, I got to build myself up, not just for me, but for you. But you know what? You got to build yourself up for me and for others. We're here for one another. We're all for one and one for all. That's what unity is. The master key that faith brings to you as a difference maker and to me as a difference maker is 1 John 5, 4, for whatever is born of God. Is anybody born of God if you're born again, blood-bought? For whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. You're not going to have true victory, my friend, without faith. What is faith? Knowing and trusting God. Not just for what he can give you as attributes, but for his person, who he is and who he is in you. I'm going to wrap this up now, and, and I'm going to bring a little illustration. You can see some things up here in just a moment. And as I do, I want to talk to you just a few moments. I was going to talk to you about who we're warring against, right? Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and power and wickedness and evil in high places and positions. But he given us what? The helmet of salvation, the blessed prate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the quench the fiery darts. He shed our feet with the gospel of peace. That's great. If he give you all that weaponry and protection, that means you must be getting ready to wrestle, not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. So that means you're going to have a fight. That's a good way to know if you're a difference maker, if you've been in a fight lately with the enemy. But here's the key. If we want to truly walk, that's the foundational pieces that help you to walk as a difference maker through difficult times. But here's the icing on the cake. Look to your neighbor and say, icing is good. Mm -mm -mm. I love me some good icing. Icing on the cake. What is it? Difference makers partner with the Holy Spirit through hope during difficult times. You need to write that down. Let me say it again. Difference makers partner with the Holy Spirit through hope, confident expectation, 
during different t- difficult times. The Holy Spirit is your partner. He's your parakletos. He's the one called alongside you. The Holy Spirit is in you for your sake, but he's on you for the sake of others. He's not just here to help us. He's here to us to help ourselves and to help others for God. The Holy Spirit, what? Will partner with your confident expectation. What you confidently expect. That's your elpis. The the Greek word is elpis. Confidently expect. What I confidently expect with the Holy Spirit, my helper, right? Through faith, I will get whatever I say I will get according to God's word. What is it? It's faith to unlock the critical areas of your life to move in the difficult times and difficult places of your existence. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Not in his head. If you think in your head, you're dead. As a man thinks in his heart, where his decision, your decision-making resource is here, but then you surrender it to your spirit, man, your heart, which aligns with the unseen realm of the Christ. And you unite and partner with the Holy Spirit. Now a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Faith, love, hope. Man, when you take your faith and your unconditional love, and put it with confident expectation. Wow, things begin to change during difficult times. Things begin to change where? In your favor. So as the Holy Spirit partners with us, the scripture tells us the Holy Spirit will partner with your confident expectation to access the needed faith. Whatever level of faith you need, whether it's the spirit of faith, the seed of faith, the working of faith, the gift of faith, where it's the mustard seed faith or the mountain moving faith, whatever level of faith you need must first come through partnering with the Holy Spirit through confident expectation. And you cannot be confidently expecting for the supernatural unless you're partnering with the Holy Spirit and you're full of the word of God which gives you the expectancy. Man, when you put that together, it produces the faith needed to get you through any difficult time. The scripture tells us in Romans 15, verse 13 in the Amplified, it said, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith. Faith is not just something you think about. Faith is not, it's something you live You live faith. You don't just talk about it and dream about it and hope for it. No, you live. We're not talking about natural hope that you hope something, you're expecting something to come. No, I'm talking about faith hope. Faith hope. Faith hope. Confident expectation. That's faith hope. Not worldly hope. Like I hope, I anticipate it. No, faith knows it. That's the difference. May the God of hope fill you what with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you will abound in confident expectation. You will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. You will confidently speak and walk in the promises of God. Romans 8, 24 and 25 in the Amplified say this, for in this hope, not just natural hope, man's hope, world, no, in the, the hope of God, confident expectation, faith, hope, and love, one of the big three of God, right? Elpis, it means to confidently expect, says that in this confident expectation, we were saved by faith. But hope, the object of which is seen is not hope, For who hopes for what he already sees? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the what? Substance of things that we confidently expect that we don't see, but we see even though we don't see and we possess even though we don't sense it or feel it. It's more real than your flesh and blood and bones. 
the unseen spirit realm. President Trump has it right, folks. He said that we're fighting an unseen enemy. You know what that is? That's the spirit of a plague. That's a spirit of sickness and disease that came with the fall of Adam and Eve. Yeah, we're fighting an unseen enemy, wicked spirits that's out to steal, kill, and destroy. But let me tell you something. Greater is he who is in a difference maker than any plague in this world. I'll tell you that right now. Praise God. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait eagerly for it with patience and composure. Stop biting your nails and fidgeting with your hair and fumbling around. Get your composure. What's composure? It means I pull myself together. I pull myself together through the promises of God. I pull myself together through what he said versus what the world says. What he said, what my Savior said versus what my adversary said. And then finally, and this is where I want to give you the illustration in verses 26 through 28, and this is in the Amplified. It says, in the same way, the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness, weaknesses. You could say in our difficulties. We do not know what prayer to offer. There's times, man, I'm like, God, what am I going to do with this? How are we going to handle I just start praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm partnering with him. My mind can't handle it. I just got to pray in my prayer language, friend. I feel sorry for people who don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We'll pray for you. But I'm just telling you, man, it gets me through difficult times because all of a sudden my spirit is hooked and in partnership with the Holy Spirit coming together with God the Father. Woo, we're three in one. And look out, devil, and it downloads. Then they download to my mind what I need to do. We do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should, but the Spirit himself knows our need at the right time. The right time. Intercedes, that means prayer for another, on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. The word intercede I shared with our leadership team last night, over 100 on a call with me of leaders of this church. And, and, and what is it? Intercession, and intercession means prayer for another. It's made up of three words, intersection, which means when your prayer for another, that prayer will meet someone at the decision-making intersections of their life. Interception, that means that your prayers will go forth and intercept the fiery darts that's coming against them. And then my favorite, intervention. God himself will intervene on their behalf and remove or transport whatever he's got to do to get them through the difficulty that they're in. He steps in and says, I got this one. You don't need an angel. You don't need a fiery dart. No, no, daddy's here now. Skip behind me. Man, that's power. That's power from another planet, but it's power that's living in you. So let me give you this, and then I'm gonna give you this illustration. The Holy Spirit helps, that word helps, help us, I shared with you. Uh, now, I didn't share helps, but the Holy Spirit helps us with our weakness. Now, Pastor Bill Walton gave us this revelation, which is so powerful, and I'll try to do it justice. Helps, it's, it's like three long Greek words, sin, anti Lambano, sinanta labano, sin, S Y N, means the same. It means together we become one. So the Holy Spirit together becomes one. Anti means against. So whenever the Holy Spirit helps me, He's coming together with me against, look now, Lambano to aggressively lay hold of something. He's coming together with me against something to aggressively lay, aggressively lay hold of the promises of my inheritance in Christ Jesus, the hope of my glory. Whose word are you living on? Whose promises are you living on? Are you living on what the media is telling you or politicians are telling you? Medical profession, thank God for our medical profession. And I, I'm thankful for that. Most of the church would be dead anyway if it wasn't for our medical professionals. Thank God for every one of them, first responders and everything. But there is a higher word than any of those. And you've already been called up together with Christ in it and it's in you. The word of his promise 
You know, you would fight someone and probably die if they tried to take your salvation. They couldn't convince you you're not saved. But it doesn't take a lot to confuse you on healing. Ooh, it's fiery dark, wasn't it? Doesn't take a lot to trouble you in financial difficulty. Ooh, preacher, I thought you were supposed to encourage me. Doesn't take a lot to bring despair whenever things are not going your way and you start causing division for those you love. My friend, today all you gotta do is repent. Let it go. Lock up through the help of the Holy Spirit. Come into agreement. Lock on to him. Stand against whatever it is you gotta stand against and lay hold of the promises of God, the inheritance of the saints, his difference makers. Let me give you a little illustration here that I shared with our leaders last night. And I got this illustration. It's kind of a little different topic than this from a great preacher, Michael Todd, a great young, I don't even want to say young preacher. He's young, but he's a great preacher. I met him about a year and a half ago, and he's one of Parker's favorites. He took a picture with me and sent Parker a little message. Wonderful man of God. Let's take it like this. When you look at me, here I am. Here, Steph and I, we're one. We're husband and wife. We're pastors of this great work, apostles of this house and ministries that we oversee. This could be T.D. Jakes. This could be Rod Parsley. This could be R.W. Shambach. This could be Michael Todd. This could be Ron Carpenter, Bishop Carpenter. This could be any great preacher, woman preacher, men, whoever in the world. And here we stand and the church looks at us and says, Pastor Strong, I'll be strong. My man of God, my woman of God strong, I'll be strong. And we watch him and we got our confidence in him and we got our hope in him. And what happens when we do? And then when the pressure comes, they can handle a lot of pressure. They can handle a lot. And then all of a sudden, ah, too much comes. And there they are. We're looking at them. And we're going, oh, man. I thought they were stronger than that. I thought they had faith for that mortgage payment. I thought they had faith to see those people healed. I thought they had faith for us to get our new jobs. I, and there they are all alone. And then difficulty comes again because we're in a world of difficulty. We're in a world of perilous times and plagues and the enemy. And who are we focused on? And then there they stand again. Well, maybe they can stand for us this time. Maybe they can hold on and we'll get our breakthrough this time. But no. God didn't make it to where one man or one woman or a couple men or women can make it happen. No, you know what he did? He called all of us to be difference makers. He called every one of you to be a difference maker in your neighborhood, to be a difference maker at work, to be a difference maker at the grocery store, to be a difference maker at the food pantry, wherever you're at. To be a difference maker on the sidewalks of our city ministering to the homeless. To be a difference maker whenever you're having financial deals and you can give great finances to the kingdom of God to win the lost and to heal the sick and to help the addicted. Wherever you are, what happens when we're all difference makers and not just depending on one or two shining difference makers, then we are the family of God. Then we are the church because there's great power in numbers and great anointing and great gifts and talent. And look what happens when the pressure comes. Look at this pressure. Ugh. What can you do against that? See, I'm not much without you. <laughs> and neither is T.D. Jakes or Rod Parsley or Rod Carpenter or, any, or, or Joyce Meyer or any great woman of God. We're not much by ourselves. But boy, you put us in here with you. And all of a sudden, man, we have something. We have the church. No weapon formed against us can prosper when we're together. We shall have whatsoever we ask when two or more agree in his presence. I want to ask you right now, is your difficulty really because you're living out of your mind instead of your Words? Is your difficulty really happening because you're seeking information instead of revelation? Who are you trusting right now? I said it to our leaders last night on the call. I said, man, they could just play Billy Graham reruns and he's already in heaven and we could watch those reruns and have millions of people come to Christ because he knew how to touch us in difficult times. 
Same with R.W. Shambach. Same with great men and women of God today. But I want to ask you, friend, what are you doing in difficult times? Are you just trying to preserve yourself, protect yourself, or are you here for others? Because if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. But this is not a time to hold back. This is not a time to be selfish. This is a time that, man, if, if, if you've got an income, you help somebody that doesn't. If you've got bread, you cut it in half and give it to somebody that doesn't. This is time when you've got faith, you share it with others. This is time, man, when you've got confidence for healing, you share it with others. We're in this together. I want to ask you right now, if you're far away from Christ today, maybe you we call it backsliding or whatever, but you're far away. You, if you die today, you don't even know if you go to heaven, but one time you knew him and you were intimate with him and you were like this, you were part of this, but now you feel like this. You say, I need to come home to God. I've tried it on my own. I've tried it in this world to make it through and I've seen that I'm not successful in measuring it up. Maybe I've made money. Maybe I've built businesses. Maybe I married a great spouse and have a great life, but inside I'm like this. See, when the pressure comes, you find out what's on the inside. There's a great story of a preacher named Buddy, holiness preacher back during the old tent meetings and back in the late 1900s. And uh, he was preaching a revival and he had a white suit on. He was the number one keynote evangelist and all the other preachers were behind him in their chairs. And he's preaching in this auditorium and Buddy's preaching. Buddy stuttered really bad whenever he just talked. But boy, when he preached, he was a prince of preachers, a big tall guy. And Buddy's preaching this holiness preacher and people are being moved and the revival's going night after night and he's right in the climax of what he's saying. And all of a sudden, this atheist stands up with a basket of red tomatoes and just starts throwing them at the platform. And he's hitting Buddy as he preaches and he don't even dodge him. Buddy keeps preaching the gospel, does the altar call, gets people saved with red tomatoes all over him, never even stop. The other preachers are mad and they're they're cussing and they're hitting their clothes and they can't understand why Buddy didn't just shut up and let somebody get that crazy guy. They get in the back. The preachers are mad. Buddy's excited, laughing, rejoicing. Look how many people got saved tonight. Preacher Buddy, what are you talking about? He said, look at us. We've been mocked. We've been made fools of. People been getting saved every night. What's so special about that? Look at us. Look at you, Buddy. You look like a fool. Your, your white suit's red. But he said, but, 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 but you, 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 don't, you don't understand. What do you mean we don't understand? Look at us. And they started cursing. They were angry. He said, he said, he said well, when, the, when the pressure comes, the, the, the difficulties, the, the, the trials, when the pressure hits you, whatever's in you is what comes out of you. He said, what came out of me was a praise and a hallelujah. But all that came out of you was a, a cuss. <laughs> Don't be one of those that all comes out of you is a cuss. Be one of those in difficult, tough times like getting tomato pasted in your beautiful white clothing, whatever it is. Be one of those in difficult times that has a praise and not a cuss. Come home to Christ today, friend. Settle it. For you that's never known Christ, Bible says today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is promised to no man, no person. I want to pray a simple prayer with you and I'm going to ask all those difference makers watching this broadcast with us today. I want to ask them to agree with me for your soul. You see, you're going to be, when you die and take your last breath, you will be with your God. The question is, is it the God of this world in hell? Or is it God the Father in heaven? Close your eyes right now and make a decision to be a difference maker. Make a decision to receive Christ in your heart. The only way you can be saved is, is what? You can only be saved by grace through faith, confident expectation coming along with faith, knowing and trusting God. I want to ask you right now, pray this prayer with me. Close your eyes. I want others in your house or place of business, wherever you're at, pray this prayer with me because others can come to Christ with you right now. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in difficult times, broken and shamed and embarrassed, weakened. I feel small and full of sin. I ask you, forgive me. Forgive me of my difficulties. Forgive me of my sin. 
believe your son Jesus came and rose from the dead. And I ask him to come and be the Lord of my life and the Lord of my heart. I ask your sweet Holy Spirit to live in me. That this day I make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. Satan, you have no right in my life. Satan, you're no longer my God. I'm born again. I'm blood-bought. I'm a child of God. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, I have been saved by grace through faith eternally now. Oh, hallelujah. Give God a praise. Somebody needs to shout right now. If you gave your life to Christ, just type it right there on the screen. Let us know. We're here for you. We want to minister to you. We want to know your name. We want to connect with you. Even if you're in another state or another country, we want to connect with you. Then on top of that, others just going through sickness or difficult times in any manner, I want to pray for you now. Father, right now, we come together as difference makers as one. And right now, we speak provision, prosperity, hope, love, and healing over every person. God, that you find a way to move into our lives, the finances we need, to pay our bills, and to help other people, and to keep tithing, and keep sowing, and keep serving, keep loving, keep giving. And that, God, we come out of this thing stronger than we went into. Father, for those right now that's battling this coronavirus, we, re- we rebuke that plague and command it to cease its hope. We command that virus to die on the vine. Die on the vine. Die on the vine. Die now. Cease and release. Any other virus, any other disease, including cancer, we speak to you now. We speak to leukemia. We speak to sickle cell anemia, plaque in the arteries and hearts, tumors. We speak to you. All of you cease and let go. We command you to move from them now. We command fever to go, pain to go. Rise up, mighty man. Rise up, mighty woman, in a new body, totally healed and renewed, brand new. By his stripes, you were healed. In Jesus' name, stir up our joy, stir up the gifts, fill us, baptize us in your Holy Spirit, Lord. Give us a prayer language now. In Jesus' holy name. My friend, I just want to tell you right now, don't ever look back again. Move forward. As soon as these doors open, come to this great church. We'll be waiting on you. But even before then, let us know. Even it'll encourage us. Maybe you belong to another great church. Keep going there. But let us know if God touched you today. If God healed you today. If God encouraged you today. Share it with somebody. Share it. If you believe anyone needs to hear this message, hit share time and time again. Type something in there, man. And let them know what it meant to you. Because you know a lot of people that need a word like this. Keep in communication. We're doing stuff every day through the week, especially around noon. We want to minister to you. We want to be here for you. We love you. And I'll see you probably tomorrow or the next day. Blessings in Jesus' name.